Vintage Stories Podcast is sponsored by Kari Wine, kariwine.com. That's in New Zealand and Australia. They are technical experts in everything you need to do to get your wine fermentation going. Uh, they do a lot of brewery stuff as well. Uh, they are, what do they call themselves? Uh, wine making innovation. So the big thing they have going on right now is the smart analysis machine, which is basically going to have you regret that you bought a, an entire laboratory. Now, I mean, you're going to need the space of your lab, but all those instruments in there kind of put into one. This new smart analysis product they have, a uh, new machine, does yan, malic acid, tartaric acid, glucose, fructose, alcohol, color, free sulfur, total sulfur, PHTA, lots more stuff really cool thing. You can buy all the different reagents to sort of pay for what you want done, or you can do them all. Uh, and it's going to be way more affordable than, uh, and accurate than trying to use all this other machinery and easily taught to your seller hands and everybody else, which is really cool. Uh, not only is Kari wine, uh, uh, you know, I'm trying to recommend them to you. I use them too. I uh, use their organic yeasts on a lot of different products, but most recently on the award-winning Viognier. So that just got top, um, what do they call it? Alternative white? I always forget the name. It is not the easiest uh, one to to uh, remember, but it's uh, specialty white. That's what it is. I had to look it up. Top specialty white in Cuisine Magazine for our Decibel 2018 Viognier. That was all used with 100% car yeast, which uh, I'm not going to tell you all the secrets. Actually, I am. Slow, cool ferment, always finishes, uh, always gives me really great varietal characteristics. Um, it doesn't produce too much alcohol or glycerols for that... Um, for that, that Viognier. But of course, if you want a yeast that does that, you can talk to them because they are the real wine consultants. They have extensive no extensive know-how and everything uh, from the beginning to the end of the winemaking process. You got a trial you want to run. These are the guys to talk to. They're there to help. Kariwine.com. We're also sponsored by DecibelWines.com. Of course, those are my wines. And by the time you are listening to this, hopefully we have up a uh, new link, a new website for testifywine.com, I think is going to be the name of the website, but it's going to be up our pre-sale of the Testify 2018 Tijuana Chardonnay. I'm very excited to get that out, and also we'll have our Testify Giblet Cravels Malbec up there, but if it's not up in time, uh, or by the time you listen to us, or you can't find it, you can always go to decibelwines.com, and you can find the Testify wines through there, as well as all the decibel wines. And if you want those Junta wines, which typically go direct to our uh, trade partners because they go to a lot of restaurants, you can just join our wine club and we put out some of those Junta wines with our wine club. So check it out. Decibelwines.com. Start the show.
Okay, welcome back. We are here at the Vintage Stories podcast. Don't forget we are at DB Vintage Stories on Instagram. We've been posting up little, um, you know, little clips, little things. We always, you know, if you want to take a look at the people we're interviewing, uh, that's always nice to see. Put a name to the face. Uh, that is the place to go. Follow us. I'm sure we'll have additional things we'll do outside the season. But anyway, please follow us. DB Vintage Stories. Rachel's doing a good job of keeping that updated. Check it out. Today we have on the podcast Dr. George Meisner from Germany, but he does a lot of work in Italy and France as well. Uh, I suspected when he agreed to do this that he would have been you know, the guest that I should be most excited about and most uh, honored to interview from the Organic and Biodynamic Wine Growing Conference in Blenheim. And my suspicions were confirmed. George is, well, basically all I knew about him was that he was an associate researcher at the Geisenheim University. He's a doctor uh, of viticulture, and he does research in biodynamic viticulture, and he is head of wine production at Alois Legadere's winery in Alto Aldich, Italy. As I've done with these podcasts, with this conference, we're just going to hop right in, speak to George, but what I'm going to say is not only was he a brilliant guy, he had Really, he had two really brilliant presentations that I think kept the whole crowd captivated. But as it turns out, he's just a great guy. He's really cool. I had some glasses of wine with him and some great conversations outside of that. So let's talk to George. So I'm with Jörg. Jörg Meisner, is that how you say your name? Yeah, George, you can say George? It's, oh. it's easier oh. in English, huh? Well, I did uh, study German for eight years in a previous life, and I probably retained nothing of it <laughs> at, at this stage of my life. Um, I, yeah, usually when I do these, I'm kind of off the cuff, but uh, being that, you know, so much of what you do is technical, uh, you know, and somewhat inspirational. Uh, I, I wrote down a few things which I may or may not look at, but um, why don't you just tell me all your jobs that you have? It sounds like you have three or four jobs right now. Uh, first of all, I've got four kids. Yeah, oh, yeah, that's <laughs> number one job. Oh my God. Well, we have got four kids. And yes, uh, my my aim since a long time is to yeah to combine research and education with a practical life. So... Um, First of all, I'm calling myself Associated Researcher for Biodynamic Viticulture at the Geisenheim University. And out of that, I'm, I'm having seminars and, and talks at different places all over Europe. And mm. if I travel like now to New Zealand, I always try to get organized. That's what I do to, to speak at a technical place. Well, at a university and at the same time I'm I'm working for or I took over the responsibility seven years ago for the to be head of production of a big winery to and not only to to continue to be the head of production it was from the beginning um, the idea that we would implement within a practical winery also research and education and um, yeah that's basically it 
So what's the name of that winery? It's called Alos Lagida. And it's in Friuli, did you say? Or? It's in Alto Adige in, Alto in Adige. South Tyrol. Yeah. yeah. I have Northern to come Italy. visit. I'll yes. be in Italy in January, yeah. so would love to come. But see it's not it. only at the winery where I'm working, I'm always trying also with other universities to, to work on that level as well. Yeah, to with other wineries as well. What um so were they eat, did you come in fresh? Were they organic? Were they anything before when you first came in? Were they already starting to do biodynamics mm. or at the moment, if I talk about this research or, or education issue, my special field is biodynamic viticulture. So, of course, I'm I'm cooperating now with biodynamic farms. But they weren't previously when you started to help. When you got called in, you said seven years ago, they weren't. Oh, the Alois Lareda yes. winery. No, they have been in bio- biodynamics already, and uh, or their own vineyards. Most of them have been biodynamically, and uh, but they are not only a winery, they are since uh, basically they started as being a wine trader mm. in the beginning of the 19th century. And uh, and this trader became then in the beginning of the 20th century also uh, being, uh, being the, its own uh, wine business. And... Uh, and they still work with over 100 or about 100 producers so okay. which deliver the crepes and that's how i started there because the own vineyards have been biodynamically or most of them and uh, but from this um cooperative sort cooperative of cooperative yeah. producers uh, only 30% have been biodynamically grown so and we didn't want to push them so I was asked uh, to come over from time to time to work uh, with the producers more on a seminar level. Um, I'm not on a mission. Yeah. Very often it's the third or the fourth generation uh, delivering the grapes. Um, so it's more to give them the opportunity to, to look at it and to make themselves a picture. And um, and when I started, we have been at 30% of the total surface being uh Certified and now we had at seventy percent, without pushing it. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's really important for me. I suppose you, you know, particularly when you're dealing with generations, you have to exactly. let them do it at their speed and it's and believe in it themselves. It must be a free decision process. Sure. Yeah. And for you, what was when was your free decision? Uh, how long ago did you, you know, come to Rudolf Steiner and and uh, and this <laughs> philosophy? You know. Okay, I, I, I went to a Waldorf kindergarten, uh-huh. so that was my first touch, but not as a small child, you just get educated and you hear nothing about Steiner. And then the main issue is that uh, I'm coming from an academi- academical family, I'm not coming from the farming side, but I have an autistic brother who is 14 years older than myself, and he uh, was working for a long time on a yeah, uh, on a on a biodynamic farm community, let's put it this way, mm-hmm. and that's how I got in contact al- already as a small child with uh, with strange people. Yes, my, we have way. a farm like that in uh, yeah. in it's Hawkes Bay called Hohipa. So okay, it's uh, a, yeah, it's a, the Campbell movement. Yeah. yeah, and my daughter is in. Uh, attending a Steiner kindergarten in Hawke's Bay. We're very excited. So (laughs) maybe someday she can reach this achievement. Um, And wine was always in the mix. I mean, you're from Europe, so, you know, wine is around. Yes. I mean, after school, I just um, 
I just decided to to look for a green job. Let's put it this way, mm. and wine popped up, and so I did an apprenticeship, and parts of it in France. That was at the middle middle of the 90s, and. Uh, uh, when I was working in France, some of the well-known wineries started to go biodynamically, and uh, and for me it was nothing new. I knew it already, so mm. I was yeah, it was, fast it was a in the circle. pretty easy. Yeah, it came naturally to yeah. use a, a good yeah. word. Um, well, you know, given I don't want to keep you too long away from your lunch, it's I had fine. some. You know, we can uh, I might do some introduction and give people some links and things to maybe look into more of your work and things like that. But I had some specific questions uh, yes. about biodynamics that I actually asked some of the Chilean uh, guys about yesterday, which yeah. was, you know, technology coming into mm -hmm. into this. You know, you spoke a little bit about it during your presentation, and I don't know if you're going to discuss that more. But, again, this podcast and what we're doing is uh, what I'm trying to do is give this conference a little more life because there'll be a lot of winemakers in New Zealand and growers that may listen to these. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think it's particularly of interest. It's something, you know, I'm passionate about. My wife is studied Steiner education and she, well. yeah. And so she, okay. one of the things uh, that we discussed was a recent paper written by an Italian grower about biodynamics and sort of modernizing it. Uh, and she has the same opinion about the education side as well that, you know, trying to find new things. Um, and so, you know, for somebody who's sort of seeped in it and working with a lot of different producers in a few different countries, um, you know, what are you seeing out there as far as the evolution of biodynamic growing? Oof. Big question. <laughs> I didn't understand the, the point of your wife, once again. Well, she's on some of her, comp I don't know, complaints or concerns yes. with the education side is that you know, Steiner wasn't a stagnant person, and that some of the te ah. you know some of the teachers she's come across have yeah. been like just stuck very and, and very dogmatic and okay. stuck in the twenties. Totally you know, yeah. So um, you know, we've had this conversation a few times yes. and said like, you know, what, you know. I mean, I'm I'm also I'm I'm working at the section of agriculture at the Goetheanum, and I'm I'm I don't know if you know that's the center of anthroposophy and. I'm part of the wine world there. Um, I think what is important in the understanding of Steiner is um, if you look at his talks, he's giving talks in 1924. Yeah. So um, what is actually the... Uh, yeah, he's talking to the people in in their time frame. Yeah. So the, the, the importance is to understand what is actually... Um, how do you say in English, zeitgeist? Um, yeah, zeitgeist is a word we use as well. What's okay. in the zeitgeist? What yeah. is that zeitgeist yeah. in his talks? That is a word in German that has okay, <laughs> all over good. the world. Um, and what is really new yeah. in his talks? And we have to separate that. And and that was also in Waldorf education. It was very often uh, done, in my opinion, in the wrong way, that one became dogmatic and sure. one stick to the year 1924 if we, if we talk about agriculture. And and the interesting part is to, to try to separate the two and, and look what is really the new impulse impulse and how can I transfer that to the, to the 21st century. And f for me, much about his talks, we start now, if you look at this whole evolution, uh, we, we can only understand now how extremely modern they are. That's what I try to 
to point out in my talks as well. I don't know if I achieved, but mm. um, I think so. And uh, and open to yeah to it's ideas. It's open. It's totally open. Yeah, I think the you um, know the good people that I've seen done it well. You know, James. I've bring up James Milton a few times uh, up in yeah. Gisborne, and he he talks about. Just do it and look what you look what you find and look what you see and, and exactly. wh- how your eyes will be open to and you come up with your own ideas, you know, to implement Ex- these these this philosophy. Exactly, I think this this mention of Stein or his thoughts of seeing the farm as an individuality, mm. it it has to be taken serious. So it is an individuality. So it's very difficult to standardize standardize those thoughts. So I. I have to look at my individual po- possibilities, and for me, it's very important that we stay open and integrate. There are so many interesting aspects popping up now in natural science, but also in all these alternative sorts. I think we have much to say, we have a lot of experience, and we can integrate many of those things and to be open and, and to try to integrate it in our way. Mm. It needs to be done. And I also wanted to say I really liked your use of Van Gogh in the uh, in the presentation. Yeah. Some of those paintings, uh, I never really looked. Uh, I've always loved them, and I've been to the, the Amsterdam Museum, yeah. and we had a great exhibition in Philadelphia years ago when I was there. And um, something about his paintings are always very textural, and, uh, and I never... Th- combine the two for any reason uh, anything about maybe the nature around it but i always love the paintings uh in the fields yeah. and the um you know like the wheat fields and the, the the sower like you said uh and why that appealed to me so much but you know i don't know if that was your point in using that uh, art today yeah but uh, but it, but it it sort of struck me as like wow maybe that's part of the reason why i always loved it because he's uh he's very textural and and he you know his subjects and and scenes are uh, sort of enlightened in that way. There, there is many things behind that. Um, I love them as well, first of all. Uh, but he wrote letters to his brother uh, where he has similar reflections as Steiner. Hmm. It's very interesting. And the other point, if you look at that paintings, yeah, you have the different worlds. I, normally I spend much more time. I had 35 minutes to sure try to get through that thing so normally mm. I try to work through that image and with this uh, whole aspects I had uh, put on the file as well but for example if you take the yellow and the blue he's taking the blue color for the crown and you have the yellow color for the sky and if you combine yellow and blue what's shining up it's, it's green. green yeah yeah so there are aspects and you can behind. find those letters he wrote to his brother translated online maybe oh, yeah be. i've never thought yeah, i would beautiful. love to read that it's that's beautiful we have a print in our bathroom that i look at like every day yeah. what's one of my favorite yeah and as a side note i can't not bring this up because i found one of his protégés at the museum who i just fell in love with i don't know i couldn't tell you who it was and i bought three prints this is when I lived in Belgium in 1997, yeah. and I left the prints on the train. <laughs> it still haunts me to this day. <laughs> it's like the one regret from Europe that I have when I live there. But uh, someday I will go back and uh, and hopefully uh, uh, visit. Man, you know, I know you just said uh, you only had, what, 35 minutes or 25 minutes or whatever, and uh, I hate to, to uh, keep it 
short with you, but I know we no, have a please. lunch to get to, and uh, no, no, don't stress. Um, uh, hopefully we get to hang out a little bit more in the next, uh, you know, sort of 24, 48 hours. Yes. Um, and again, I'd love to come see you if the stars align, see you in Italy sometime. Uh, yes. Is there anything else uh, before I let you go as far as we can find? So I'll, I'll look, do a bit more research uh, after this and find what I can find online about you. But, um, you know, maybe back to some of my friends in Hawks Bay and people who are thinking about making the next step into whether it's organics or biodynamics. Um you know, like you said, you have to freely make those steps. What do you normally say to say a grower in Alta Adige when you say why you should do this, or you know, in a, in a more general sense, in a philosophical sense? How can I give them the nudge? You know, how can we give them the nudge to 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 go in this route? Um, it's 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 for me. We are pretty much in a win-win world. Hmm. And I think we have to go to a sense sense world more and more, and um, and it's it's it can be extremely satisfying to uh, yeah it's an artistic job it's an it's a creative job um, to be a farmer. Hmm. Um, we are very often imprisoned by by the uh, by the whole economical stuff which which is there. We are all in that. Uh, but it's it can be really satisfying to find at least a little spot here and there where I can uh, do trials and and and, and be cr be creative and that's for me something really nice and what is really important um, that's what I always try to do is don't do it alone try yeah. to try to find friends people uh, pioneers um, create a group exchange. Um, and try it out. Um, the one is faster, the other one takes a few years yep. to do it. That's really, yeah, that's really poignant and I'll take that to heart myself too with some, some friends back home. That's probably, the only way you can do it really is, right. you know, I think a couple things was, uh, I can't remember who said, but you know, the conventional guy isn't your enemy. You know, you kind of have to befriend them to to work through it together and maybe they'll make the leap with you if you if they haven't yet and of then of course yeah. the other thing I think of when you said the sense elation and there's joy in it and you saw it in those fic those photos from Felton Road uh, you beautiful. know it's great everybody's smiling you know yeah for, for me for me the main question it's it's not I actually don't believe that Steiner gave talks on biodynamics he gave talks on agriculture hmm yeah, with his spiritual science behind. So the whole biodynamic movement as a name came only much later. Later, yep. And um, that's the first thing for me. So for me, the I, I pointed it out very shortly. I haven't had enough time. But for me, the general question is, what does it mean to be a good farmer? And to have this addition or this complementary tools in my hand. So it's just complementary tools. And this... Is that means that I have more tools in my hand eventually than the one or the other conventional colleague. And mm. that can be very... I'm not saying that I'm better because of that, but it's, it's, it's a new, new thing. Yeah. I can try it out. and can be satisfying. Yeah. All right, ma'am. Well, I'm going to let you go. <laughs> Hopefully we can catch some lunch. Please. Uh, thanks for doing this, and uh, I'll see you 
see you around. Cheers. <laughs>
You can always email me. You can find that through our website, Daniel at decibelwines.com. If you have any questions, requests, talking to some good people for our next series of podcasts. But we've got a few more, at least two more from the organic conference, then one more from Blenheim that I did outside the conference. And then we'll get back into some Hawks Bay peeps, possibly something when I head over to the U.S. for sales. I always have my equipment on me, sit down and have a chat with someone. We've got some really cool stuff going on in the U.S. when I'm over there. Some wine dinners. We're doing one in Stone Harbor, New Jersey. Always wanted to get back to some of those beaches I went to as a kid down from basically Long Beach Island all the way down to Cape May were beaches I went to as a kid. So we're doing one at a place called Kitchen 330. It's a BYO. You get the wine right next door. You bring it into the restaurant. Uh, There's a really cool psalm there that's running the whole thing. That is on Friday the 13th of September. The night before, Thursday the 12th, we're in Philadelphia at Bistro Romano, one of those classic Italian restaurants in it's not really center city, but it's sort of downtown Philadelphia and uh, some events in New York, which will all be up on the website, decimalwines.com. Talk to you guys soon. Cheers. Mm-hmm.